0: Welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with The Plants. We're Dad and Daughter with me, Lauren. And me, Graham. And we're into the last weekend of November, which means we're nearly into December. And when I think of December Christmas time, it's always about football, isn't it right, Dad?
1: Yeah, of course it is. Never mind the presents.
0: Yeah, exactly. Never mind the presents. And hopefully, all oh, obviously, all the matches are still going ahead and things like that. And we've got spectators in, which we're going to be talking about a little bit later and it's going to be a packed out schedule, which means we're going to have lots of football coming up over the festive season. But before that, we'll recap what happened this weekend. We've got Premier League, Championship, a couple of League One and League Two matches. And then there's also been FA Cup. What round was the FA Cup this weekend? Second. Second round. So the third round's when all the Championship and Premier League. That's right, yeah. Yep. Yeah, get introduced. So I'm going to start off by rounding up the Premier League. And it felt like a lot, especially on the Saturday, that there were a lot of key results and key points that teams picked up. Um, starting off with Man City versus Burnley, 5-0 thrashing. Mares got a hat-trick, his first ever City hat-trick. Mendy got his first well goal for more than five years for City. And Torres got his first Premier League goal for City. So um, before the match, City had only scored 10 times in their last eight league games. which is very unlike City and we've been talking about them quite a lot recently in the podcast. So I think it was very encouraging to see them obviously score a lot of goals. Um, But it seems to be a trend when they play against Burnley because that's the fourth consecutive time in the past two years that Sean Dyche's team and Burnley have left the Etihad on the wrong end of a 5-0 scoreline, which is crazy. So, yeah, good to see that City are back to their high-scoring ways, but not the best if you're a Burnley fan and probably not a happy place turf more um, this week for the Burnley fans. But I think overall, what do you think about City? Um,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, it was a good... I don't think Burnley turned up, but it was a good performance. I think uh, they've still got a team full of brilliant players and um, they seem quite confident they're going to... You know, they're playing good football. just they seem to have lost the zip
0: yeah exactly so yeah good to see them getting a lot of goals on the score sheet and then next couple of matches Everton versus Leeds Bielsa and Ancelotti it's the first time they've actually met which I thought was quite interesting and 1-0 to Leeds it was their first win in four games which moves them up to 11th in the table and it was just like a really really good thrilling match very open open very entertaining 38 shots within the match Um, I think both managers were saying they expected it to be quite an open match. So it proved to be that one. And now Everton have actually lost four of their five last Premier League matches. But they're still on 16 points. But uh, the winning start seems to be quite far away. Why? What's gone on with Everton? Four out of five losses is not great.
1: Uh, I'm not sure really. I think um, maybe teams have worked out how to play against them. Um, They started off obviously really well. But I think Leeds, they met a Leeds team who were, when they're on form, I think they're brilliant.
0: Yeah, and then we had West Brom versus Sheffield United. Obviously, both teams hadn't won a Premier League match before this fixture, and it proved to be... It was actually very entertaining. I was just talking about the amount of shots and Everton in Leeds. Well, actually, there was 39 shots in the games, like showing how both of them were so desperate to score. But it turns out that West Brom got the 1-0 win there, obviously their first Premier League win, and uh, quite worrying stats for the Blades. So they're the only side in the Premier League yet to keep a clean sheet, I think that could be lot down to Dean Henderson, you know. Maybe not having him in has made influence him. Drinking. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm sure that's the case, yeah.
0: So they've obviously played 10 games and got one point and no team has stayed up in the Premier League under those statistics. So a lot of people still think that if there's anyone's going to pull it out, it'll be Chris Wilder, but it's kind of concerning. 10 games, one point. Do you stay up or go down? Go down. Ooh, okay. And then on Sunday, there was a lot of drama at Southampton, St. Mary's, you had Southampton 2, Man United 3. Southampton were 2-0 up at half-time. Ben and More prowse got the goals. And then just half-time, some great substitutions, to be fair, to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, brought on Cavani and uh, what an impact he had in the end. Yeah, three goals in the second half for Man U. Bruno Fernandes, whatever needs need someone, it seems to be always Bruno Fernandes that seems to get the goal. And then Cavani came in and got two goals. Um, So it's just a great result overall for Man United. Great comeback. And you've got to say that they always seem to have great spirit as well as a team. And as a result, that means they're now up to eighth. And they're only one point behind Southampton, who are in fifth. So it's a massive result for them. And um, Southampton will be gutted that they let a 2-0 lead slip but you could say that to be fair half time man united definitely didn't deserve to be 2-0 down so it was inevitable i think that they were going to get some kind of goal back but um the win was great and then it was a bit of an anticlimax actually chelsea nil tottenham nil not really much worth talking about to be honest i think both managers played it kind of safe um quite defensive from both teams and both teams seemed to settle for the draw but then the big match another big upset arsenal 1 wolves 2 Arteta said he's not too worried about his position as manager but it is kind of very concerning for the Gunners who sit 14th in the table after five losses in 10 league games Um, and that's actually year today that Unai Emery was sacked as head coach. Um, So Wolves, obviously Wolves play fantastically and they definitely I think deserve to win but it's just kind of worrying times for Arsenal. Kind of, Yes they got a goal but they also let two in at the back and Definitely not playing the best football at the moment. So that's my round-up from the Premier League.
1: Championship, some good matches in the Championship yesterday. So the first one looked at is uh, Derby Wickham. So Derby, it was the first game uh, solely in charge as caretaker, manager for uh, Wayne Rooney. Uh, He'd been doing it with a couple of other guys there, but that was his first chance... um, on his own, uh, left himself out of the squad and I think his comments were that might be the last time you see him play, so suggesting he wants to take management seriously, so they were playing Wickham, uh, who we know have had a tough start to the season, won a couple, Derby had only won one, and Wickham had won a couple, so they were both on the bottom three there, Bloomfield for Wickham got a late equaliser, so it was 1-1, so Derby still bottom with one win, ten games without a win. Uh, Home scored for them, so the five points adrift of close rivals Forrest just outside the uh, relegation zone, so it's really they've got to either get on and appoint him or appoint somebody else, but um, they need to do something fairly quick because it's looking uh, looking a bit difficult for uh, for Derby this season and the goal difference is minus 15, which is the worst in the championship so they've had a couple of hammerings, I remember Blackburn beating 4-0 at, uh, at their ground as well so yes, yeah, so it is uh, not looking good for Derby, but a good result for Wickham. Uh, and they seem to be just uh, climbing back up third from bottom. You'd give them no hope at the chance, but you'd start to give them some hope now. Uh, the most exciting match yesterday, huddersfield Middlesbrough. Huddersfield won 3-2. Match was 2 and fro, one end to the other. Takes Huddersfield up to 13th, Middlesbrough down to 10th. Middlesbrough only let in six goals in 13 previous games in the league and of course they're letting half as many in that one game so Huddersfield found a way of breaking down Middlesbrough they had 62% possession a couple of late goals in the game uh, Ahsan Balonga got a goal for Middlesbrough to pull them level with only 7 minutes to go uh, but Corona got the winner for Huddersfield in the 85th minute so two teams not quite sure where they're going to end up both big teams both could end up in uh, in relegation or in promotion places unlikely in relegation places Middlesbrough seem to have sorted themselves out a bit this season and um yeah, two good teams moving forward, hopefully. And just really touching on Watford, they went up to third, had a cracking 4-1 win at home to Preston. Preston down to 18th, a bit worrying for Preston. They seem to have uh, lost the mojo a bit. They had a good season last season, but just seem to be slipping a bit. So down to 18th, a bit worrying. So good win for Watford, three, 4-1 uh, four, at home to Preston.
0: for a rant and uh, this week I've gone for it's just been in the papers a lot I think yesterday it all just kicked off and there's a bit of a Klopp and Chris Wilder feud going on I think it, the, that Jürgen Klopp was probably didn't need to bring it up in front of the press because now obviously the papers have just gone onto it and they've kind of just gone crazy about ugh, everything that's going on between them so basically Klopp just called Wilder selfish and I think it's all down to this whole three subs rule. I think obviously Jurgen Klopp is in favour of it because James Milner got injured. So basically, he was really fed up and um, kind of like took it out on the teams that have said that they don't want to have the three subs. Why is it that teams like Sheffield United are saying they don't want more than three subs?
1: I think it's because of the depth and quality of the big teams, those teams that can afford to have eight players on the bench that are all internationals and, you know, they can bring five top quality players on, uh, where other clubs like Sheffield United potentially are starting to dig a bit deeper into the squad to get to, so that's that's kind of what I think you can bring, you know, you could have a real top quality striker come on in the last five minutes and another one and another one, Um, so I think it's just, uh, I think it feels, they just haven't got that depth of squad uh, to be able to do it.
0: As far as I'm aware, they weren't the only team that said no, right? So I think it's a bit harsh that Klopp is just singling out Chris Wilder as being selfish.
1: Yeah, it's a bit strange. I mean, I mean, actually, my rant's exactly the same, is although okay. slightly different. So my rant's about this whole big club, little club syndrome. And yeah. uh, I think since Leicester won the title, whatever it was, three, four years ago, I think that sort of killed that off a bit and made that you know the little teams could, a team that just avoided promo, uh, relegation then went and won the league, uh, was fascinating, so I think that sort of killed that off a bit. But it does feel, you know, well, Klopp from a big club, Wilder from a small club. You got Sean Dice taking Burnley to City and saying, Oh, the lads were on the back foot because it's City and oh, nobody could play against them and they're like that. Or, You know, all the resources they've got. So I think, I think just it's, it's a bit, I think it's uh, unnecessary for either the big clubs to say we're big clubs or the little clubs to say, Oh, we're only little clubs. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think that's uh, very well, it's the same sort of rant, really.
0: Where would you fit Leicester into the whole big club, little club now?
1: Well, I, don't, well, I mean, pff, they're a medium club.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then there weren't many, but we had a couple matches in League One and League Two. Actually quite interesting results and quite a lot of goals between them. Ipswich Town versus Charlton Athletic, 2-0 to Charlton with goals from Albie Morgan and Omar Bogle. Obviously two teams in the playoffs and um, turned out to be a great win for Charlton who are now up to third. And Ipswich slide down to sixth and it's their second consecutive home defeat now. So um, just slightly out of form and just a little bit worrying I suppose, especially at home, two back-to-back defeats. And then also in League One, you had Oxford against Swindon Town, a local derby that before the match, we're both thinking derby probably going to be a draw, but actually stunning late comeback for Swindon, who scored two goals in the 85th minute and then the 91st minute winner. So ended a run of seven straight derby victories for Oxford and it gave Swindon new boss John Sheridan his first away win. Oxford now sit in 19th. So they're two places above the drop zone, but I think they're still in the same amount of points. It's just a goal difference. And then Swindon move up to 16th. So both teams are towards the bottom of the table, but um, a really good comeback from Swindon. And then League 2, only the two matches there on Saturday. Yeah, Port Vale versus Leighton Orient. Another uh, lots of goals, five goals in on that one. Fifth straight League 2 defeat for Port Vale. Um, Leighton Orient now move up to 6th, so they've got three wins on the bounce, they're on a bit of a roll, Uh, whereas Port Vale kind of mid-table 13th, so just like dwindling around there, but a really good result for Leighton Orient. And then last one, Bolton 3, Southend, uh, Southend United nil. I mean, you'd expect Bolton to win, bearing in mind Southend uh, rock bottom, but Bolton now are actually undefeated in November. They're on a real row. I didn't realise there's four wins in a row and one point off the playoffs. They didn't start off that well at the beginning of the season, did they?
1: No, but they, so they had so many new players and getting settled in, new manager, et cetera. So I think everybody expected them to get going at some point.
0: Yeah, they're doing really, really well. And like I said, obviously Southend remain rock bottom, And six points adrift. It's not looking great for them. But that was a round-up of League One and League Two. Of
1: course, it was FA Cup. So, um, as usual, there's some classic matches and some upsets. Not massive upset, but interesting. Exeter went uh, to Gillingham. So, Gillingham uh, mid-table in League One, Exeter fifth in League Two. Uh, you fancied they might win, and did it? They were 3 1 up at half time, and they won 3 2. So, a really good win for Exeter gets them into the hat for the third round draw. And it's all about two players, Joel Randall and Nicky Law. So, Nicky Law, he scored one and assisted two. Randall scored two and assisted one. So, it was just them two looking after each other, really. So, that was a great win for Exeter. And the other one was Chorley, who, uh, I mean, the day started off. Peterborough at home to Chorley, easy win. Portsmouth at home to Kingsland, easy win. Both the home teams scored in the second minute, so you thought, here we go, they're going to absolutely hammer them. Portsmouth did, they went on to beat Kingsland 6-1, uh, and Peterborough didn't. They went on to lose 2-1 to Chorley. So they only made one change, Darren Ferguson only made one change, so he wanted to win the match. Chorley a bunch of part-timers, 89 places behind Peterborough in the league. Peterborough with the last, uh, with the highest standing team left in the competition, actually. Second in league... Uh, well, at least the second uh, best team left in the competition. Second in league one, Chorley second from bottom in the National League North. I say they should never have uh, won, really, on paper. They even missed a penalty. So um, it felt like they done brilliant. So well done to Chorley, an absolutely fantastic upturn at Peter at London Road. Uh, and then finally, just a quick one, a couple of games in the National League. Weymouth 1, Chesterfield 2, Weymouth getting dragged down towards the bottom, Chesterfield that got them out of the bottom three actually, Weymouth's first season in there for a while so really interesting to see how they get on this year and Chesterfield not long out of the league so a good win there.
0: Time for a rave, I don't, we might be saying the same thing, I think this can be flipped on its head a little bit. But I'm going back to the old fans returning back to football, okay, admittedly not many fans, but still it's exciting to know that two thousand supporters are going to be able to get into some of the clubs. I think there's ten in the Premier League that are louder in tier two you've got like places like Arsenal Brighton chelsea so i think I think it's it's great that there are going to be supporters coming in um as I say you can flip it on its head. There was an article in the paper today about how it 's going to be like a ghost town what What do you think? Is it just going to be a bit pointless?
1: Um, I think it's good. I think it'll work. Certainly for the lower leagues, where they don't normally get big crowds. I think when you're used to getting sixty, seventy thousand, and you get a couple of thousand, it's going to be a bit strange. And I think you know, I saw one of the teams are going to be giving tickets to the local NHS and things oh, like that. That's so I good. think so. I think things like that will work. I think trying to work out which of the fifty odd thousand United season ticket holders can go to Old Trafford is impossible. But I think for the smaller clubs, it's, I think it's brilliant for your Accrington and Stanleys and your whatever else is to be able to get some fans back onto those smaller grounds, get them buying the pies and all <laughs> that stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think for those 2,000 people that do go, they'll surely find it amazing and it's obviously better than not being able to go to football at all. So, yeah, that's been my rant, and my rave, sorry, about fans returning again. What about you? Uh,
1: mine's just really uh, about the FA Cup and just reflecting back on that Chorley victory, how, you know, the magic of the FA Cup, you see the pictures of the players and watch them on the telly, see them in the papers, just how excited they are. The whole town will be getting excited for seven o'clock on Monday night when the draw for the third round's made. So, as you said before, the... Championship and Premier League teams come in then. And Chorley, what did he say? I want Liverpool and Man United. <laughs> yeah, I was so, going to say, yeah. So, I mean, good for them. So, yeah, so I mean, it's just that I think it's fantastic to still see the FA Cup. People getting excited, um, as Gary Mabbot talked about in our yeah. podcast um, a while ago. You know, it is such a magical thing or was such a magical thing. So for Chorley, what a fantastic rave.
0: What have been some of the biggest upsets in the FA Cup that you can think of,
1: oh, there's lots. I mean, Hereford. I remember one year Hereford beat Newcastle. They oh, were out. Okay. They were non-league. Newcastle were at the top of the of the old first division. I'm sure. Yeah, there's yeah. lots and lot. Wrexham beating Arsenal was it? Yeah. There's
0: Wigan won it not that long ago. Well,
1: Wigan won it. That was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, that they won it from they were in the sec- first division. They're, yeah, well, the championship. championship
0: yeah. Oh, and then obviously on Sunday there was also FA Cup. Pretty not too many shockers or. Unpredictable ones, but the, probably the biggest upset of the day was Stevenage winning 6 5 on penalties against Hull. It finished 1 1 at full time and obviously went into penalties. Um, so, yeah, that's probably the biggest upset. Obviously, Stevenage being bottom towards the end of League Two and Hull being towards the top of League One. Right, Barnett of the Week. This is where we pick out our favourite hairstyle from the week. You can go first.
1: Uh, well, I've got, I'm selecting this person because he's uh, having a brilliant start to his career in the Premier League. Rafina uh, for okay. Leeds, 23-year-old yeah, yeah. signed from Rennes. Yeah, he's got the old shaved sides and uh, curly top. Yeah. And what I mean, cracking goal, cracking performance, brilliant, cracking performance. Topped off with a brilliant barnet.
0: Nice. Well, I again have gone for someone who've had a good week, scored a goal, actually got a hat trick, first city hat trick, and that's Riyad Mahrez. I was looking back and it wasn't actually that long ago that he did the awful blonde hair on top and it just looked tragic you know like the aguero look but actually he looked worse than Mara's. but he's kind of gone back to the traditional short back and sides very well groomed he's probably one of the few players with a beard but um very well maintained you ever notice his beard never never, never. well it's very well groomed and well maintained so yeah we got um those are our two barnets of the week wants to watch for next week i'll kick off with my premier league match so saturday next saturday 8 p.m chelsea versus leeds i just think it's really exciting and because obviously the last premier league meeting was in 2004 2004 that's crazy that's the last time that chelsea met leeds in the premier league crazy and the goal scorer was jesper Krong- Kronger. i don't recognize at all 2004 Chelsea team, not got a clue. He scored that. And then the last meeting in all competitions was in 2012, League Cup fifth round, where Chelsea won 5 1. So I just think it's kind of like the unknown. Both teams are playing really well. Obviously, Bielsa and Leeds are playing fantastically and just really exciting to watch. So that's definitely my one to watch uh, for next week for the Premier League. Uh, what's your championship?
1: i got a couple. So uh, Cardiff, Huddersfield, bit mid table thing, I guess, 14th and 13th respectively. But I just think both those teams, I mean, they're both coming in off a great win. Talked about Cardiff's win before and Luton won four, uh, sorry, Cardiff won Huddersfield when I talked about. Cardiff won 4-0 at home to Luton, so they're on a bit of a, a run as well. So, yeah, that would be an interesting match. And then, of course, Derby. I mean, what's going to happen to Derby? Derby, Coventry. Uh, I can't remember if Derby, if and when Derby were in the third tier. I'll have to research that, actually. But they're playing Coventry were 20th at home. So, um, if they don't win that, well, they're starting to get into trouble. So, those are mine from the Championship.
0: And then League One, obviously, Saturday, 3pm. I've picked out Portsmouth versus Peterborough. So, Portsmouth 5th, Peterborough 2nd. So, expect it to be a quite tight affair. And Portsmouth are undefeated in the last four matches. So, I thought that could be one that might be worth a watch. And then League Two for you.
1: League Two, we've got a couple. Cambridge, who were third, versus Mansfield... Uh, we know about Nigel Clough being there, getting a good start. So you'd fancy them to give him a good game. And then Carlisle Salford again, two teams who just on the uh, edge of the promotion, seventh and eighth respectively. So Carlisle versus Salford. <laughs>
0: Right, that's it for this week. We'll be back with some more Football Chancellor Rants with the Plants next week. Hey, we might be talking about fans in the stadium. Are there going to be some next week? Yeah,
1: yeah, there will be, they yeah.
0: Very exciting, so they better be getting those pies in ASAP.